Hello, how are you? This is JFunds1, and this is my second recording because once again, I forgot to record the initial parts of it. We are talking about Better Call Saul, and we are talking about how great a show it was. So I'm going to go over what I just went over. So if you're looking at this on Twitter and Facebook, I will catch up in, in five minutes. This show started out with incredibly tense moments. It started out with uh, Gene, and if you know Gene, is AKA Saul, AKA Jimmy. Um, last season, Jimmy fainted. And then when Jimmy fainted, he fell over. The EMS picked him up and he was okay. But then that's when intention started. As soon as he, as soon as he was trying to leave the person inputting the information, I guess, for billing purposes or for insurance, um, his ID for some reason, wasn't coming up. As you know, he, he has a second ID because he is on the lam running from the law because of his involvement with Walter White and the killing of two DEA officers and the involvement in a drug criminal empire. So after, so the person is saying, you, I cannot get your license to go through. And Saul is getting worried. And the woman is saying, well, maybe it's your... Let me have your social security number. And and Saul gives uh, Jimmy slash Saul slash Gene gives her his social security number and it's still not going through. So this tension is starting to build. As a matter of fact, we also see that there is a siren in the background as if, you know, he's thinking maybe someone called the police, maybe not. Then she says out of nowhere, oh, I'm sorry, it's my fault. I was inputting a zero instead of a, instead of a O or O instead of a zero. However it was, it was her mistake. So but that tension is still there. So he goes out to catch his cab. When he's in the cab, and if you look at my YouTube, not YouTube and the, the Twitter video, I, I put pictures of this of the scene. This guy has an Albuquerque air freshener. And I said earlier, I wonder if that's the same air freshener from Walter White's <laughs> um, soon-to-be-owned car wash, many uh, uh, Walter White's car wash. That being said, uh, the guy's just staring at Saul, like looking right through him, like I know who you are. And Saul is feeling uncomfortable. As a matter of fact, the guy's not even going with his green light. Saul says, there's a green light there. You need to go. The guy's just sitting there. So Saul says, you know what? I can just get out right here and walk. I'm close enough. So when he, so when Saul gets out to walk, the cab doesn't go anywhere. And Saul is trying to basically go avoid this guy or avoid this situation. And that's where they cut it off. And so now, now we have where, and I kind of want to elaborate that a little bit that Saul is possibly being recognized. Well, something happened. And because that person had his address, and if that person recognized who Saul was, what does he do at this point? Does he stay where, where he is? Does he go back to his house? Does he go back to work? Does he contact the, uh, the, the, the vacuum cleaner guy again? Does he even have the money to do that the first time? I don't know if he even has the money to do that. So this is a very precarious situation. So... We leave that present day Saul scene to the the morning after Chuck died. Saul doesn't know yet, or Jimmy doesn't know yet. Jimmy and Saul are the same people. Jimmy Saul, I'm gonna call him Jimmy Saul. Jimmy Saul doesn't know yet, 
and he's sleeping. He's waking up with Kim. He's getting coffee ready. He's he's trying to get some jobs together. He just had this big argument with his brother, and 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 his brother basically told him that he'll never amount to anything. He's a bad person, and he's trying to process all of that. So in the morning, when he wakes up, he gets the message that his brother died. So he runs, he runs over to the house. The house is totally burned down. I mean, completely burned down to, I have, once again, I have, I have this picture up. The, the roof isn't there. The walls aren't there. It's just a shell of what used to be there. Now, this episode had very little dialogue. It was primarily visionary storytelling, which was really, really good. Normally, Saw has more words per scene than most television shows because his character is very wordy. But this death, as it should, really affected him. So he didn't have a lot of words. So when he's at the house, he's not saying anything. Kim is there. He's not saying anything. Then that same night, Saul goes back home with Kim um, Howard calls. If you know who Howard is, Howard was a partner of Howard, Howard and Hamlin, or Ham Howard, Hamlin McGill, or no, Howard, yeah, Howard, Howard McGill, H H M, and Howard calls with the obituary, and Saul is just listening, and then Saul just puts the phone down, and Kim picks it up, and while while he's recanting what the obituary should be like or whatever Kim says is fine and once again this scene Saul doesn't say too much at all so after we leave that scene now I'm back on to my uh where I can go to my pictures here so now that so now, so now that I've caught up at, after we go to that scene we go to Mike Mike actually quits his job at the parking garage. So that's just, you know, FYI. And then we go to where Mike's with his daughter and helping her plant flowers. Then we finally get to see Gus. Now, I'm going to put this picture up here. This would be... Okay. Uh, Gus suspects something from from Nacho and we know that let's see Ten. Gus is, Gus has his look but I just I just put the picture up Gus has his look of Nacho that I know something went awry with this situation and but Gus is playing it cool Nacho still has the pills in his pocket what are the pills you might say um the uh, Salamanca had a heart attack, and Nacho and, and he had nitro nitrogen pills that he takes whenever he gets a heart attack. But Nacho switched the pills out so that when he got a heart attack or got these chest pains, the pills would be ineffective. Why did Nacho do that? It was because Salamanca was trying to utilize his father's um um Nacho's father's business for a uh for a drug front and he knew that his father wouldn't put up with it and it would be a clash and tio salamarca would probably 
uh, kill his father. So he was trying to keep Salamanca away from his family. And the only way he could do that was by trying to kill him. And this is what he did. So Gus then calls um, the guy's name is escaping me, but the middle guy to have a meeting with with Nacho and Nacho's compadre. And the reason why is that Salamanca has a huge system up and running. So they have to put their system, keep their system in place. Who's going to take Salamanca's place while he's in the hospital? So they had to get all that straight. So uh, when Gus Gus tells Nacho, we have to talk to you tonight. Follow um, You drive, we go together. Nacho still has the pills in his pocket. He can't get rid of them yet. So he goes to the meeting. When he goes to the meeting, they basically tell him that uh, he says Salomon keeps his house together. These guys are competent. They can run his business and continue going until he gets out of the hospital or until he gets better or until they have a better alternative. And then when Nacho begins to leave, he doesn't know that he's being followed by the same guy that Gus ended up killing in the Breaking Bad. But uh, that being said, he's being followed and Nacho throws the pills into the lake and because he stopped off and when and when he did that um let's see when he did that he was he was someone saw what he did so Gus kind of knows that there's something that Nacho did and he, and he will probably put it together also what Gus said what Gus said during the meeting was was that someone's going to try to come after the Salamancas and that's going to bring war and the war is going to bring the DEA so I don't think Gus is too happy with Nacho trying to remove Salamanca because that's going to invite too much heat. And so that's where we are with that storyline is that uh, Tio Salamanca had, had, had the stroke, heart attack, whatever. Um, Gus isn't happy with it. And uh, Nacho is now taking over his, his business of operations. But... Um, he's being followed by Gus to uh, see what's happening. So this this storyline is okay, I guess. Um, we all kind of wanted to see it, but it doesn't have the weight, I don't believe, of the Jimmy storyline and and the and the fallout from uh, Chuck dying. So we go back to let's see. Uh, we go back to. And for some reason, and, and the Mike, okay, let's let, let's talk about Mike Ermitrout. Mike Ermitrout, for some reason, after he retired, he sees that he's a security consultant for Magdaren, the 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 company that 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 famously um, supplies uh, the Los Polos parent companies is is this is this international company that does all these things and is basically where they get the way to ship their drugs all over the world in the Breaking Bad series. Okay. In the Breaking Bad series. So the reason that that company is important is because that's where the hub for everything is. And Mike, for some reason, is getting his money laundered through this company. Well, Gus is helping him. Gus Gus set it up, but he's taking it, I think, a little too seriously. And so he he basically he infiltrated the company 
to expose all of his security weaknesses. And it's so crazy that this person here is looking like, who is this person? Because Gus is coming out of nowhere and no one knows who he is. And to be honest with you, he's not supposed to do what he's supposed to do. He's not supposed to go to the company and actually do the work of a security consultant. He's just basically getting a paycheck so he gets money laundered and Gus set it up because Gus has contacts. But Mike takes it a little too seriously and this storyline is even has less weight than the Tuca uh, Gus slash Nacho storyline. So they put this in there. I like seeing it, but I don't know how effective it was in, t in bringing the story forward. I think that we could have basically has stayed with the entire Jimmy um, and the aftermath of Chuck dying and not even visited it, Mike, or visited either a Gus or anybody else because that storyline with Jimmy was so heavy and so impactful so and, and so effective that I, I feel that they that they should have stayed there so but I had to mention it because they showed it we went over it and we are reviewing it so we finally get to the funeral and once again Jimmy is not really saying anything uh, he's just saying thank you when people come come give him condolences. We see all the main lawyers there, the, uh, Davis and Maine lawyers. We see the other lawyers that he was actually in court with over the um, over the uh, retirement centers. So everyone's there, and let's just say a really kind of a sad scene. I mean, he, he's he's in a funeral. So, and after this funeral, we see that. Jimmy and Kim go back and Howard's waiting for them after the funeral. And Howard's basically sharing his heart, saying that he thinks it's his fault. Because remember, he basically fired Chuck before because Chuck wanted to sue the firm. And why did, why did, why did Chuck want to sue the firm? Because uh, Howard didn't want to fight the higher insurance costs because they found out that he was kind of crazy and so the malpractice insurance was going to go through the roof, uh, basically double and triple. And Howard basically was like, we can't, our reputation is now on the line, so we have to do something about it. But Chuck wanted to fight fight them in court over it, and Howard didn't want to. So Howard basically brought Chuck out. And when Chuck basically was fired, then he went home and told Jimmy all those mean things, and then he committed suicide. So it was one thing after another that led to this. And Howard thinks it's his fault. Jimmy isn't telling anybody that he was there the night that he did that. And that is significant. It's interesting. Um, it's kind of dark to understand why Jimmy is like not even acknowledging his role, whether good or bad, or whether it, whether it was his fault or not. But Jimmy's just basically telling Howard that's your cross to bear. And that's and Howard has and Howard doesn't know. So he's living with all this guilt. And Jimmy's fine with Howard living with the guilt. And we close on that scene. So season four, episode one, my final impressions are Jimmy is deeply affected and he is getting more and more hardened in his heart and not accepting the responsibility of his actions and putting it off on other people. 
Also, um, Chuck's wife was at the funeral, and they didn't even talk or they didn't show they didn't even talk or anything like that. And she was just crying, upset. And Jimmy didn't do. I mean, they didn't meet at least on camera. They didn't. So I don't know if they talked or not. But I'm sensing Jimmy becoming more distant, and he's and he and setting the stage for him to become the person he's really becoming in the Breaking Bad series. So we have season four. This this uh, Better Call Saul. Everything started. The first season started exactly six years before the Breaking Bad series. So now we're basically four years into it. So we're two years away. And episode was pretty good. Once again, I kind of wish that they didn't have to. I wish that they had just left the whole Mike episode, Mike part completely out of it. And I wish that they had, I wish that they had left the um, Nacho completely out of it. We could just stay with Jimmy the whole time and lived in that space because that was that was where the story was. Everything else seemed mo- was more of a distraction, basically. So that's my review of Better Call Saul. And on, uh, on um, I can't wait till this Sunday also where we have Fear the Walking Dead come out. We're going to do the same thing that we're doing here. And the podcast tomorrow will prob- prob- probably be more on politics with everything that's happening with the Manafort trial and Rick Gates testifying. So tune in tomorrow. This is Jay Friends and I am out.